Hello, you nasty girls and boys. It's Darby with a new episode of Babes of Valhalla. Today, we are interviewing a total boss. Earlier this year, she celebrated her one-year anniversary of sex work, and she was kind enough to let us question her about where she started, where she is, and where she's going. Welcome to the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underaged, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. So before we get into today's episode and interview, I just want to talk about a couple of things. One, we are still taking motherhood stories from all of our fellow sex work sisters until the end of September. Head to our website to send us an email under the share tab. We are taking stories until the end of September, so please, if motherhood brings up a story for you, we would love to share it as anonymously or not as you would like. Two, our merch drop has arrived, so please check out our stuff. It's on our website, babesofalhalla.com. This is our first drop. There'll be more to come, and we are so stoked to have Babes of Alhalla gear. We have crops, crop hoodies, unisex tees, regular t-shirts, a tote bag, a mug, you know, just like super cute stuff. So we're still taking suggestions for a sex work organization to donate a percentage of the profits to. So just know that every purchase goes directly to supporting the podcast and also your sex work community. We will be announcing the sex work organization for this financial quarter once we choose. And three, if you guys have DM'd us or emailed us since the 25th of August and haven't heard back, please don't fret. We are not ghosting you or ignoring you. We are actually currently vacationing off planet together and are out of service. So we will get back to you shortly upon our return. Just know that right now your favorite space babes are up to some real kinky shit in the middle of the universe. And we can't wait to talk to you about it. All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the girl I'm interviewing today. She worked with me very briefly at my home club, which we'll kind of talk about a little bit. And I ended up finding her on Instagram because she disappeared. And I was like, oh, I wonder where that girl went. Like, I never really talked to her. I never really got to know her. And our, our club, that club is really small. So after someone's there for about a month or more, I mean, like, you do, you do get to know them um, somewhat. You at least talk to them. And her and I just really never ended up like, I don't know, really working a lot of the same shifts or, or really talking that much. So I just kind of thought it was interesting. She just left. And I ended up finding her through like another girl in our club posted her online. And I was like, oh, damn, she moved. So I followed her and was just kind of following along with her journey. It was like awesome to watch her. I mean, just through what she was talking about online and all these things, like achieve these goals and how she was just blossoming in sex work. And I love to see it. I love to see my fellow, you know, sex workers win. So I just loved watching her win. It was awesome. And we kind of talked a little bit on, on Instagram back and forth and ended up asking her to do this interview because she posted about her sex work anniversary that it had been one year since she was doing sex work full time. And I just thought, wow, that is a awesome like, I don't even know, like, the month that I started doing sex work. And I wish that I did because, fuck, yeah, we should all have, like, sex work birthday parties or stripperversary parties. Maybe people are doing that, but I'm not and I want to be. Maybe when I hit, like, 10 years, God, 
It's so crazy to even think like I've never done any other, like any job for this long. It's, it's crazy. So she posted about that. I reached out to her about doing the interview because I thought that would be so cool to talk about, you know, where she started and where she is, you know, a year later, because I knew that just from following her online, that so much in her life had changed. And I just thought, you know, it's sometimes it's hard when you've been in the industry for a long time. Like you remember certain things about when you start, but your advice or the way that you, I don't know. It's like the way that you talk about it is just so different. Um, and I think talking to someone who is really dedicated and very much so very serious. I mean, I feel like she treats it like a business and I really admire that because I don't think that I understood that it could be a career or understood that I should be treating it like a business um, when I first started. And part of that I think is age and naivety, you know, when you're 22, 23 and you know, when uh, Charlie and I started, we were artists, broke, living in a warehouse with no heat because we were like adulting in the worst way. Um, I mean, these were all choices. We didn't have to live there. That's where we wanted to live. But it was, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a struggle. And I don't, I know at the time it was like, I still had horror phobia and I still had things that I was like, you know, I wasn't proud the same way that I am now about being a stripper, being a sex worker. I didn't see it as a career because I didn't think that it was viable. It was always like, oh, this is like not a real job. This is like a pretend job. This is just like a fun job. This is a highly lucrative just for now job. I'll only do this for a year, right? Fast forward eight years later, and I have an entire podcast with my best friend who started stripping with me about sex work because we love it so much. And I do love following and looking at other women and people in the industry that I see as like also being dedicated. And we didn't talk about this too much, which I do regret listening back on the podcast was she does a lot of like TikToks and um, she talks about things on her on her platforms that I think are, I don't know, they're awesome. And she's all about, you know, that stripping is a job and sex work is a job and that she should be taken seriously. And I love that because we always need more voices like that. And I think it's really awesome that she's only been in sex work full time, you know, for a year. Well, it's over a year now because we did this interview at the beginning of spring. But she is doing sex work full time for a little bit over a year and she is committed to the community and she's committed to um, demanding respect for it. That's the vibe that I get from following her online and I love it. And that's like who I like to fill my feed with. So, and who we like to fill our podcast with. So I definitely would suggest following her. We have all of her information tagged on our Instagram post um, for the art that we did for the episode. And then we also have it in the show notes. So she's got Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and obviously um, OnlyFans and all that stuff. Uh, so since this interview, she's done a ton of stuff. Uh, she signed with Cox Models. She did her first Exotica um, convention, which it looked like it was great. So happy for her. I just love to see it. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. To be honest, I didn't have to edit very much of this because it just went so well. And uh, it was awesome. I really enjoyed doing it. So thank you so much 
for listening, guys. And uh, I'll let you hear a little bit more from our interviewee, Cassidy Lux. So today we are here with Cassidy Lux. And I used to work with her at my home club, and now she has since relocated. So, Cassidy, would you tell us a little bit about yourself today and what you do currently and kind of like what life looks like for you right now? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me. Um, Currently, I am working in the adult entertainment industry, um, primarily as a dancer and as well as, um, you know, an internet model um, doing OnlyFans and some larger production adult entertainment. A year ago, who were you and what were you doing? A year ago, I was only dancing. Um, I was doing OnlyFans still on the side, um, but primarily I was only just a a baby stripper, actually. (laughs) I was just beginning my career um, in the industry. And then, and actually in Pennsylvania as well, I've just moved. So when you were, because I know when you came and worked um, at my club at the, like, you had, you had, you really had only just started because I thought for some reason that I, I don't think I knew that, that you were a baby stripper when you came over to our club. Yeah, that was my very first club uh, that I ever worked at. And yeah, I was, that's where I actually started my whole career. Oh, that's so Um, funny. Yeah. So I've actually only been dancing for a little over a year now. (laughs) That's awesome. Congratulations. Happy stripper birthday. Thank you. Because I love that. Yeah, it's actually a a really exciting time when I hit that one year mark. That was something probably I've ever been most proud of. (laughs) That's awesome. I absolutely love what I do. So I was very happy to finally make a whole year out of it. Well, what, um, like... What motivated you to to start dancing? Like, how did, like, sex work, stripping, all of that, like, kind of become an option for you where you considered it as a career? So, when I was in high school, um, I never had, like, a true career plan. Um, I had no intention to pursue college and see myself in a regular job. After that, um, I really idolized Playboy throughout mm-hmm. high school. And I wanted to become a playmate, like straight out of school, if probably not during school, (laughs) if I could. Um, So honestly, the inspiration came at a young age. Um, Once I got out of school, I obviously did not pursue Playboy or any type of sex work because I was scared. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what my family would think. I figured they'd probably think it was very weird. Um, so I did a normal job route for quite a few years, um, and I was miserable. It took the pandemic in 2020 for me to realize I am making a lot of changes in my life for my job, Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing no extra compensation for that. Mm -hmm. So I had a friend, um, who suggested the only... OnlyFans platform to me because at the time I was just posting like thirst traps on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) and uh, my friend was like you know I know a lot of girls that 
are on this platform, um, you could really be making money off of the stuff that you post on Instagram. And I was hesitant, but I tried it and um, it launched successfully for me and I loved it very quickly. Um, my clientele base, they just made me feel beautiful mm-hmm. and like proud to be doing what I was doing. So it took a few months for me to realize I want to do more related to this. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured dancing would be the next step. So I actually got myself fired from the normal job that I was working full time. Um, and I pursued an audition at a strip club, which, uh, went really well, but at the time it was a nude club and I wasn't sure if I wanted to be fully nude in person yet. Mm -hmm. So I checked out another club and I got that audition and I started working that day (laughs) and, um, I had so much fun. Like I, I really felt like my purpose was like found in that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it all began was just honestly the pandemic. It just really made me realize I'm doing so much extra work and I don't even love what I'm doing. I don't appreciate that money Mm -hmm. and it's time for me to do what I want to do because during the pandemic, all we had was time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) time and a lot of time spent in our own thoughts. Um, so that's where it landed me. Yeah. So you mentioned being nervous about coming out like to your family, which has also been something. And I've been dancing for a long time, for eight years. So and I they don't know. Um, How did you end up coming out to them or how did they find out and how did that go? (laughs) So a lot of my a lot of my family doesn't know. There's a few that know. Um, But my mom was the first to find out and she found out accidentally. I was driving home from my first uh, audition and day of work, and I thought I was calling my best friend Mm. from my car. So I, like, put it through the Bluetooth in the car, and I accidentally called my mom. So my mom picked up, and I realized it was her voice, and I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) What am I going to do? So I, I just told her. I was just like, well, I actually didn't mean to call you, but I guess while I have you on the phone... I might as well tell you that I just got back from my first audition and I spent the day working in a club and she thought I was joking (laughs) because I had always joked around about wanting to become a stripper. Um, so she thought I was joking and I told her I wasn't, um, she was like a little skeptical at first. Um, but she learned to appreciate it once I kind of told her what I was doing and how much money I was making from it. Mm-hmm. Um, she began to respect what I was doing and trusted that being an adult, mm-hmm. I can make good decisions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she actually found out about OnlyFans around the same time as well. Um, so it was a, it was a lot for her, but uh, she's very supportive of it now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, like a few other family members, they they found out as well. My one uh, uncle actually, he found out uh, through so- social media actually. <laughs> so that was a a phone call and in, in person conversation that happened very quickly. And again, 
you know, he obviously respected the fact that I'm a, I'm a grown adult. Mm -hmm. I'm a woman. I can make these decisions and, uh, I have a nice little support system from the the people that know. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really, that's really cool. I'm glad that it went well for you. Um, I always feel like I could tell my mom probably, because I think she kind of knows, but I feel like my dad is like a generation older than my mom. And I don't think that it would go as well with him. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. They're both actually in that category of the stigma. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a tough thing to come out. But I I'm totally jealous that you did and that it went well. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So when you started, did you like have or find like a mentor that kind of helped you through you know learning the ropes and I mean it's it's awesome when when I met you I was like oh maybe she's like new to dancing but I didn't really like just because I know that like um like just from watching you on stage when you first very first started I was like oh maybe she hasn't like been on stage like a ton because there's always like that time where you have to learn how to like dance like a stripper and that just everybody goes through that phase but like I always thought you were a really good hustler like from the jump, you were a really good hustler. So did you have or find a mentor when you started or did you feel like, um, I don't know, did you end up not I feeling like you needed to do that? Um, so I, I didn't really have, I didn't have much of a mentor. Um, I had spoke with a girl for a while on Instagram, um, who worked at a club and we got along really well. Like we would just talk casually through our DMs and um, she was the one that really pushed me um, to build confidence to actually really pursue because I had always expressed interest about wanting to dance and I felt very inspired by the content that she would post Mm. um, about dancing career. So she was really the one who kind of gave me that push to just do it. Um, And she helped me kind of understand like what I could expect, um, being in a club and working as a dancer. But, um, I feel like a lot of what I learned physically was just kind of on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're definitely right. I, I, I feel like I was best at hustling, um, versus like my dancing at first, my dancing, honestly, just kind of learned to like in my apartment on Mm -hmm. my time off, just putting on music and really just getting in tune with myself. Mm -hmm. I think I even watched like some YouTube tutorials and just some dance moves to learn and, um, you know, TikTok being a little misleading, um, but still a good source to just kind of gain an idea of what you can or cannot do. Mm -hmm. Um, those are kind of some of the tools that I applied when really learning how to jump into this. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was on YouTube before I like auditioned. Like, what should I dance like? What is sexy? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so what were your goals when you started? I mean, when you started stripping, you left your your full-time job. Like, when you were looking at the future, like, what were the things that you wanted to achieve? I don't necessarily know that I had goals in mind at the start. Um, they, those kind of came when I realized like, this is really something that I can build from. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the start, I really just wanted to live freely, just have a free schedule and mm-hmm. live life on my own terms and, and also have financial freedom. Cause I knew that the possibility was definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, obviously social media can be very misleading. It's, it's not exactly what it looks like online, but there are those days. So I knew when I had those types of days where money was good and when work was very easy that day, you know, that the financial freedom will definitely come with that. So those are honestly the two main goals was just having a lot of freedom in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I am not a scheduled person. I do not like being tied down to a schedule. I do not like being told what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I knew in this career that those were things I could avoid while still being disciplined within myself. What do you feel like um, since you've started and you've started doing sex work full time, like what have been the biggest changes in your life? Honestly, everything has changed for the better. Um, my, my path in my sex work career has been more spiritual than it has anything. I have found myself through this. I realized like, just the power and what I have in myself and my capabilities, like uh, this has made me feel like a really unstoppable type of person. Um, I mean, within months of starting my whole career and taking it seriously full time, I was able to, you know, relocate myself to a place I've dreamed of living since I was a little girl. Um, You know, I've always idolized being in Florida since I was 10 years old. That was my first time here. And I knew one day I would get there. I just didn't know how. Mm -hmm. Um, But within months of doing this full time, I was able to get myself that goal. Um, So I was able to, you know, really evaluate my life through this, um, you know, let go of a lot of people, meet new people, find new opportunities, and more opportunities have come out of this career, um, which is amazing. So I think that it's really been like a very spiritual path for me. I love to hear that. I definitely can relate to that for sure. Yeah, thank you. What do you um, think in your first year have been your biggest challenges? Um, Challenges, obviously... Keeping yourself accountable um, can be challenging because, like I said, with <laughs> with things being a little misleading, you're going to have days where the money is not that great. It's not a consistent flow of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you have to really push yourself on those days that suck. Um, you know, there, there are going to be those days where you don't want to show up the next day, mm-hmm. um, but you have you have to, because that's how you build your clientele is through consistency. So even when you're not feeling it, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you still have to show up for yourself. Obviously, listen to your body. Um, but that's definitely one challenge is really just staying very accountable, staying in high spirits through those tougher times. Learning learning the sales approach to it, too, can be very challenging. When I got in the industry of dancing, I didn't realize it's a sales job. Mm-hmm. It's not just dancing. It's not just fun. It's sales. <laughs> so really learning a strong sales tactic um, was challenging at first because not every line works for every customer because every customer has different needs and they have different triggers that make them want to spend money. 
so really paying attention to your clientele and learning how to, to pitch to them um, is also challenging because you have to be versatile. Um, and I can't think of anything else at the moment that's been challenging. Um, my experience has been very positive throughout this past year. Um, so I think the challenges that I can think of are quite minimal at the time, at this moment. Awesome. What would you say are like your biggest wins? Like whether it's like the best night you ever had or the biggest sale you closed or just like something that you achieved personally that you just think back and are like, that was like the cherry of this the last year. Yeah. Um, there's so many goals. Um, obviously being able to uproot my entire life was a massive goal. Um, I had, uh, this past Thanksgiving, I had my, my biggest night ever, like definitely my biggest sales goal. Mm -hmm. And, um, basically <laughs> what happened that night was I was, I was on stage and, uh, I had a customer approach the stage and he asked if I would do a room, a champagne room, um, once I was off stage. So I said, yeah. And we ended up spending five hours in a champagne room. Yes. <laughs> and he fell asleep. Oh. So <laughs> it was the easiest night and financially the most successful night I have ever to this day had, um, where, where I work, uh, the champagne rooms are a thousand dollars an hour payout. Mm -hmm. So it was, a an amazing night for me because I barely had to deal with the customer <laughs> and uh, I got to walk away with a nice amount of money. So that, that night, also made my biggest month ever too. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's definitely, I want to say probably my biggest win inside the club for sure. <laughs> Cause I definitely have not had that experience yet. I've been close, but <laughs> I have not had that ever again. <laughs> that may just be one of those once in a lifetime customers <laughs> that you'll never see again. <laughs> Yeah, like a random unicorn that just comes through and buys oh, you out yeah, all like, night yeah. for a nap. You're like, perfect. I love this. For Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what do you wish you could have told yourself a year ago before you started? Was there any advice you wish you would have had someone give you or if you were telling someone else, you know, what they if, when, if they want to start, like, what would you tell them? You have to have a thick skin um, because not every customer is going to respect your boundaries the same way. Um, you have customers that totally respect what you do and you have customers that even though they're in the club, they are not there to respect you. Um, you know, there are customers that will definitely cross the line. Um, so with, along with having a thick skin, you know, you have to be able to set the tone and manage the tone. So mm. you got to be very strong <laughs> in this industry, especially um, down here where I'm at now in Florida. Um, I've definitely had, I, I don't want to say like any like honestly bad experiences, but it just requires, I feel like a, a lot more energy. Um, it can be very energy draining as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like that's definitely like the number one thing that I do 
tell other girls, whether they're new or just, you know, talking to me or asking for advice is have a thick skin. Definitely come into this with a thick skin um, because you're important and you need to protect whatever it is that is important to you. Um, So definitely, definitely that. I think it can be hard to not take things personally when you start and kind of separate like the work or I guess the customer and what they say or, or whatever, like away from you, because people will just objectify you, but it's really not about you. Cause you really could be in some ways you kind of have to be like, well, I could be anybody. So you have to like yeah. have that balance of like being important and having confidence, but then also kind of being like, well, they don't know me. I'm not really that important to them. That's why they're acting like an asshole or being this way or whatever, instead of taking it to heart. Because you can't always take all the good things people say to heart because then you also sometimes take in the bad things too. Yeah, no, that's that's honestly so true. Majority of the time, if I do like a champagne room with somebody, it's almost always a therapy session. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, typically, they're always there for some sort of reason, subconsciously. I, I feel like a lot of times my clients, they, they're just going through a lot of crap. And like, that's just the one place where they actually kind of feel a little valued. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find that to be an, a case more than often. <laughs> yeah, they should be able to write off champagne courts like with their insurance because it's like some sort of like <laughs> sex therapy or like psychotherapy. <laughs> I don't take it personally. A lot of times they're a lot of times they're there for a good time, but a lot of times they're there just because they just need some attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So looking ahead, like what's next in your life? Like what is what are the next goals, the next milestones? Um, as of now, I am working, um, in the adult entertainment industry, um, doing larger production films and whatnot. Um, so that's currently what I'm working on, um, and learning to build from. So I think that will probably be my next few steps. Um, cause again, I don't really see myself doing much outside of this industry like Mm -hmm. I love the industry that I'm in and I want to continue to build on it for myself um so I think that's what is next I'm in the beginning stages of that about a month in so oh that's awesome so where can we like find and support you my Instagram um is under it's Cassidy Lux and I am also on Twitter under Cassidy Lux uh, those are the two main platforms that I use. I have a TikTok too, um, and it's C Lux uh, with two E's at the end. So that one's a little bit harder to find me on, but um, I'm on there too. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, well, thank you so much for talking with us today, and uh, we'll look forward to following you along your journey. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited for all your, I don't know, all your stuff. It's awesome. It's like, it's kind of. It's so, it's so funny because you, I didn't really get a chance to like talk to you very much. All right. Before we close out this episode, big thank you to our fabulous guest, Cassidy Lux. Thank you so much for allowing us the pleasure of interviewing you. We really appreciate it. Make sure you guys go give her a follow. Like I said, her handles are going to be tagged on the um, artwork that we did for the podcast on our Instagram at Babes of Valhalla and also in the show notes. So thank you again so much. We love having awesome guests. We love it that people even want to talk to us um, and are interested. So thank you. Thank you so much. 
Also, thank you everyone who has already bought stuff from our merch shop. We appreciate it. We love the support. And we also love any feedback. So if there's artwork or things that we've made that you guys want to see on a t-shirt or on a tote bag or as stickers, please let us know because we want to get those things to you. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. Check out our website to send us your stories at babesofvalhalla.com. And until next time, stay nasty. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis.